podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boys are back. It is another live Thursday over on Spotify Green Room. It is the only spot that is an all-free audio platform to connect with shows like us, fans like you, and content creators all over the place. It is now live on the Android Store and Apple iTunes. Get over Download so you can join us today. Also, you know them, you love them, KansasCitySteaks.com. If you want 15% off your buttery, tender filet mignons, ribeyes, hot dogs, and so much more, use promo code SD at checkout for 15% off and free shipping. USDA Prime. Get over there now. All right. It is time. I'm going to tweet out the links as I start to ramble. Um, K-State gets two commitments. Two commitments this week from Toby something something, which I can't pronounce his last name, and a tight end. Super athletic guy out of Iowa, Braden Lofton. So that is the big K-State news from the week. Uh, got those two commits. Uh, there was an Ask the AD thing that just went live right before this happened. Uh, nothing too crazy came out from that. Uh, Gene Taylor confirms no alternate uniforms for football this year. That doesn't mean we won't see the white helmets, white pants. Just no brand new alternates. And he also confirmed sneakily that the next facility project won't be the football indoor facility, but the volleyball facility, which he hopes to break ground on this year. So that's the news coming out of the ask the AD segment. Uh, It's a great time. Uh, Grant is in the show. Grant, how are you doing? My friend, Um, two commits since we last did this Braden Lofton, three star tight end. Super athletic out of Iowa. And Toby Azunami, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, He's only a two-star on Rivals, but fun fact, over on 247, he's rated as an 88. Good for the number two prospect in the state, just behind Jared Kanak and almost a four-star. Big difference between the two two rating companies. Um, But two (laughs) two decent pickups, two very athletic pickups. Um, what do you make from those two as we're waiting for folks to join? Um, I like them. They, especially the linebacker, it seems like, what is his name? Asun Sanmi. I'm just going to call him Toby, Big Tobes. I'm going to call him, I'm probably going to call him Toby as well. Um, uh, makes me wonder if he's going to, well, I guess they have him listed as a defensive back. Um, but he's playing. He's going to be playing, playing linebacker. linebacker. He's going to be playing linebacker. I mean, we talked about it yesterday um, when we recorded the Q&A. Um, you know, he's got 10-8 speed. 
100, which is would be pretty freaking remarkable for a linebacker to have. That's like that's very fast. Um, he's six three, two twenty, and he's running that fast. Yeah, I mean for his size, his length, that's um, that's nice to see. And then the tight end, pretty excited about um, after pretty much everything I've read on him. It sounds like he's like extremely athletic and kind of like both of these guys are kind of um, good, maybe diamond in the rough type pickups. So I think it's good for sure. Yeah, I think it is. Those are going to be good pickups. So thanks to uh, Spotify Greenroom, I can actually invite people from the app. So I'm going to send that out um, real quick um, through the app. Before we do, uh, any any hot takes you want to get off? Um, Gene Taylor and the ACAD confirmed that there will be Yeah, I just watched no, that. Um, yeah, so any, any takes from that besides him and Brian just wanting to be best friends with me? I think... No, I mean, a lot of it was pretty standard, straightforward stuff. Nothing, like, too shocking. Um, doesn't surprise me at all that we're not going to see. I mean, we already knew we weren't going to have any uniforms. And it does make a lot of sense that COVID, that Nike would be, like, way behind after, you know, the year that was 2020. So, um, what else? I mean, what, what, what stuck out to me from that video? Not a whole lot. The only other this. thing that stuck out to me was it sounds like the next – Facility project will be the volleyball plus yeah, yeah. Olympic training facility, not the football practice facility. I don't think I learned a whole lot of new stuff from it. Um, just kind of sounds like everything is going to essentially go back to normal. I wish that we were not allowing reentry, but that's not news. I'll I'll check out the South End Zone little wildcat patio probably if I can um, at some point, but that's about it. Okay, well, good deal. I have tweeted out the links. I've invited folks, anyone who is listening in the chat or in the room, feel free to retweet it, get some of our fellow friends in here. Uh, But today, what I'm going to do, our intro question, we're going to keep with the summer theme. I'm going to ask, what do you like? Dress your perfect hot dog, which is a controversial thing. I'm going to also ask, do you have any uh, – actually, no, we'll have another show before 4th of July. We'll wait for that one. Uh, so how do you dress your hot dog? What is one topic you would like to discuss today? Um, and then uh, just give me any hot take you might be sitting on. So we're start, first going to start with one of my favorite humans in the world. We're going to start with Jimmy Goheen. Jimmy, dress your perfect hot dog for us. Give us any hot take you might be sitting on and what's the topic you might want to dive into today on the show. Does it have to be a uh, traditional hot dog? No, I mean, you know, I, I think that there's definitely a difference between if you're doing a brat versus a hot dog. But yeah, my, just get, give me your just, all right, a my, tube of meat, a sausage on a bun. It can be whatever you want it okay. to be, but then dress good, it for me. Good. My, my pr- preference would be a a brat smoked on a uh, pellet smoker of some sort for about 45 minutes to an hour. They end up pretty much perfect at that rate. And then uh, a good brioche bun with some sort of nice mustard, a stone ground mustard or a spicy sweet mustard would be my ideal summer hot dog selection. Perfect. And then what is either a hot take or maybe a topic you'd like us to dive into today with the group? Um, I, I enjoyed 
just your your discussion about the new recruits. Um, maybe um, touching on, uh, we could talk a little bit about reaction to Phil Steele hating on us this week, which uh, Kurtz kind of did that already, but I think I had that discussion. on my list. Yep, that yep. would be a good discussion point. Plus, just uh, recruiting thoughts in general. I think people are still angsty with the uh, not getting as many recruits in June, but I think we're probably about where most people are. Perfect. I like it. Next, we're going to go to a man who has been killing it on our live shows lately. That is Mr. Cole Hager. Cole, welcome to the show. Give me your perfect hot dog or whatever sort of sausage for the summer. Dress it for me and then give me any hot takes or talks you'd like us to dive into tonight. Yeah, uh, perfect hot dog. I'm going with a hot link, toasted bun. Just keep it simple, mustard ketchup, the way I like it. Um, hot take. Honestly, I don't really know if this is considered a hot take, but I just really have to vocalize this to you guys. Uh, just promise you won't judge me. But I recently, No promises. No promises. <laughs> I recently I had a dream that Deuce Vaughn was getting attacked by four-year-olds, and I had to go <laughs> beat the shit out of a bunch of four-year-olds to protect Deuce Vaughn so he could continue to play football and wouldn't be murdered by a bunch of four-year-olds. I'm not really sure what that means. Yeah, I don't know what it means, but I felt like I had to tell you guys. Um, I love it. No judgment there. That seems like a really noble uh, dream to me. I mean, I would definitely consider it a good dream. I think I felt bad about, like, you know, beating the shit out of little kids, but for Deuce Vaughn, I'd probably do it. Um, Acting like my kids, then they they need beat up. <laughs> oh no, the, the good chef is talking about how unruly his kids are. Chef, you can tell that story when we get to. You. And then Cole, is there any uh, any topics you'd like us to dive into? We're gonna have some Phil Steele re- uh, reaction, uh, maybe some recruiting thoughts. Anything else you want to throw out there? Um, you know, I'd love to just get uh, a general pulse check. How's everyone feeling? It's coming towards the end of June. Season's just around the corner. Uh, Love to hear how everyone's feeling about it. I like it. I, we'll, we'll definitely do a pulse check. We're going to go to the ever-anonymous KSU Railroader. KSU Railroader. Uh, we, we've had some hot links. We've had some bratwurst. Tell me your favorite uh, summer sausage in a bun, and then also uh, how you like to dress it, any hot takes, and any topics you'd like us to dive into tonight. All right, so I like basically any kind of broth, mainly like a beer broth. Um, if I'm going to have a hot dog, I like to be slightly burnt with ketchup only. If I'm having a broth, it needs to be plain. Um, as far as a topic, I, I mean, kind of like everybody else said, I, I don't really like what Phil still had to say, but, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that and maybe a few other things. Perfect. We'll go to Bennett, and then we'll get to the good chef making his triumphant return. Uh, Bennett, w- w- what's your perfect hot dog or broth or Polish sausage, any of that, <laughs> uh, hot takes and topics? Um, I like a good broth, specifically um, jalapeno cheddar with a little spicy Ooh. barbecue on it. Um, right. Oh, spicy barbecue. Yeah, right. Trader Joe's has a really good spicy barbecue, so if you can get your hands on it, I recommend it. Um, and then a topic I would like to talk about, um, maybe just like have a little fun brainstorm, um, some NIL um, stuff with like brands and, you know, Ooh, right. uh, revolving around K-State athletes because in a week they will be able to start making some deals. 
Perfect. All right, Chef, let's get you, and then we'll get Brett, and then we're going to dive into some of these topics. Uh, so on the hot dog tip, well, I had took a trip down to Myrtle Beach and played at the World Link Golf Course, and they have a eight-inch hot dog about as thick as my wrist with pulled pork, bacon jam, and coleslaw on it on a potato roll. It was amazing. It was about four pounds of food, but I fucking loved it. So that's my fucking perfect dog. Um, and hot hot takes, I don't have any hot takes. Maybe later. I don't know. Um, right. Any topics you want to get into? Um, no, just how great you guys are. I love it. All right. I, hey, we love you too, Chef. We love you too. Then we'll get into Brett. Brett, you got in right, at, right before we were going to get to topics. Our intro questions... Uh, just to keep it the summer theme, what's your perfect hot dog or bratwurst or any sausage in a bun during uh, the summer months, and how would you dress it? Then give us any hot takes and any tops you'd like us to dive into tonight. Uh, yeah, so I'm just a mustard guy. I don't like mustard, really, but on a hot dog, mustard is perfect. And then hot take is, I don't know, just go cats. Go Cats, any specific topic you want to dive into tonight? Uh, football recruiting, probably. Football recruiting, all right. So let's start off with football recruiting. We're, we're going to do football recruiting, then we're going to hit Phil Steele. We're going to do some NIL, and then we'll do the pulse check as we're sitting here towards the end of uh, – okay, Phil, Andre. Oh, man, Chef Andre, mistaking hot dogs. And then we'll end with the pulse check. Uh, and then, uh, depending on how quickly, we might get some more stuff in there. Let's start with the recruiting, though. So, as I said at the top, uh, since our last show, we've gotten two class of 2022 commits. Toby, we're just going to call him Toby because I, I can't pronounce his last name. On Rivals, he's a two-star safety, but he's going to play linebacker for us. Over on 247, he's actually the second-highest-rated Kansas player at an 88, just behind Jared Kanak. Uh, so big discrepancy in the two recruiting sites and how they view him. He is weighing in at 226.3. He ran a 10-8-100 in his track and field. And he just seems to be like a great athlete. And then also on tight end, we got a, another great athlete, Braden Lofton, who during all the combines scored higher than almost any tight end that we've seen. Let's start. We'll go right down to Brett. What do you think of those two guys? And then are you bullish or bearish on how we've handled June recruiting? I think we all expected a few more commits by this point, but overall throughout the entire country commits have been slow. So just kind of give me where your head's at when it comes to football recruiting. Uh, you kind of hit it on the head. I think, I mean, K-State's really just going for commits right now. I mean, both of the players that they've gotten in the last six days-ish have really just been athletes. I mean, you look at their numbers, and they're going to test with some of the best guys in the country. I mean, getting a linebacker that can run a 10-8 is going to be one of the best in the Big 12. And then I think recruiting's kind of been a little underwhelming for a lot of Cats fans because we expected a lot of the big-name Nick Herzog's and some big misses like that, and it hurts, but I think the boards have actually shifted a little bit, and we're not in as bad of a spot as it may have seemed earlier in the month. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. We'll go up to KSU Railroader, 
KSU Railroader, we're getting two athletes and we're slotting them in. What is your take on that? Are you cool with them finding, hey, these are athletes who fit like the mold of height and weight that we want for these positions and just saying, hey, we can teach them the finer points of football as they get in here? Or are you wishing that we could bring in a little bit more polished guy from the jump? Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of the direction we need to go right now. I mean, is search for the dude that's got, you know, like the right frame, the right size, and athleticism just doesn't quite have the positional skills that some of these other guys like Jaron Canick or somebody like that has. You get that, and, we, you know, we've got the guys that can coach them up and make them into a good player. And, you know, once we start winning some more games and doing a little better, maybe make this 12-team playoff, we can start shooting for some more of those Canicks and guys. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Maybe Jared Kanak maybe might end up coming and making a visit. Who knows what might happen. We'll go up to Jimmy. Jimmy on the recruiting front, um, you and I talk about this a lot. I think sometimes the fan base is overreactionary. I think the group that typically joins us on these green rooms shares a typical opinion. But what what has been your view of June recruiting as we're getting close to the end of this live period, are you disappointed in how it's gone? Do you think, you know, after you recalibrated and realized, okay, the kids aren't jumping on offers as quick as we might have thought, it's okay? Just give me your temperature check. First of all, I think it was a strange year. And I think we're I think we're seeing that show up in how uh, some of these commitments are going down. I mean, you had – I think there was some disappointment with some of those early losses like Crawford or Herzog that – you know, those are kids we had come up on unofficial visits when they couldn't visit. And then all of a sudden they choose other schools. And I get why people were upset with that. But at the same time, I think it's starting to flow to a normal K-State recruiting cycle where we're starting to get kids on campus. I think that really has always been the key for K-State recruiting is you got to get kids to Manhattan and get them to the facilities and around the coaches and around the atmosphere that our, our team has. And I think that's what sells it because I, you know, I don't want to get in the big discussion of, you know, the article last week about Manhattan is in a great place or whatever in that basketball ESPN plus article, but what, what, whether we like it or not, that's still a perception out there about Kansas. And uh, so that, that's, I think picking up these last two, I actually coached against Toby last year for Wichita East. He's, you know, he's a big, look, nice-looking player. <clears throat> played free safety and outside linebacker in the game we played him. So he actually can do a lot of things. And with that kind of skill set, you can kind of make it fit, whether they make him a linebacker or a safety or whatever, nickel. Uh, but I think he's a great get for a Kansas kid. It's nice to get kids out of Wichita City that are, are pretty good, and hopefully that can lead to more. So I, I think – Maybe slight disappointment in some of the, the losses, but I think it's going where we want it to go now. Definitely. We'll go down to Bennett, Cole, Chef, and then Grant. Uh, Bennett, uh, we're, we're getting these athletes in, but and Jimmy pointed to it, you know, it's about getting these kids in. But we've also had a handful of guys who we were high on visit and then commit somewhere else right away. Um does that make you worried about how we're doing these visits or is it just kind of a matter of, Hey, that's the nature of recruiting. You're going to lose a lot more kids than you get. I think that's the nature of it. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, a few weeks ago I was pretty disappointed, but turned around and realized we're making progress and 
got to get the snowball rolling somehow. So hopefully that'll get us going. Um, and yeah, I, I'm really excited about these athletes coming in. Um, I think they got a lot of uh, potential. Nice. All right. So Cole, we, we have these recruits and we have a, this is the final big recruiting weekend on the calendar. Is there anything that could transpire this weekend that would take you from being, all right, you know, this is fine to being over the moon in the same way. Is there anything that could happen this final week that would really get you a little bit uh, more depressed when it comes to recruiting? Um, I mean, obviously like unrealistically, if we had a couple five stars commit over the weekend, <laughs> that'd be awesome. But, you know, keeping it within the, the realm of realism, I wouldn't really say there's anything that I could foresee that would really change my perception too much. Um, you know, I think sometimes people don't understand how difficult recruiting actually is. And they just like, are like, well, just try, try harder to get those guys, but it's not as simple as that. So I kind of, I, I think we're doing good. I don't feel great about it, but I feel good about it. All right, chef, where are you at, man? Get, get, give me, give me some recruiting takes. Are you, you know, on the same page or are you expecting a little bit more from this? No, at, at first, I honestly thought June was going to be our month. That's what everybody was saying, that June was going to be the month that we're going to get the rush, that we're going to get the, the kids that visit, and they're going to start committing soon because they, they were hungry to get on campus. But July really looks like the month that it's going to happen after everybody gets their officials in and all this stuff. But, I mean, the local kids, I mean, we still got a chance with them, like we were talking about with, uh, I think, Connect maybe not so much, but – Crawford, if he takes his visit to Iowa this this weekend and the stars align, we we could be looking at Caden. That could be a that could be a really big flip and get for the Cats. Um, but the recruiting is just it's just going to ebbs and flows. It's just going to go the way it's going to go. It's all relationship building. And if we if we just get those those kids on campus, like you, uh, Jimmy was saying, and they, a lot of them have been these out of state kids. Georgia's, uh, Iowa's. I mean, we're going to get some kids. Yeah, Oklahoma, and it's all looking it's all looking positive to me. I mean, we got some athletes. That Toby kid, he's going to be a stud. I think he reminds me of Elijah Lee, except more physically promising early than Elijah was. And I, I mean, if he could see the field, it, it's going to be open in that linebacker room after this year too. So that's my takes on it. Yeah, I, I like where everyone's heads at when it comes to recruiting. Although I will say, I almost feel like I'm the negative one in the room because while I'm not sounding alarm bells, you do look at how they have continued to miss out on these first and second round. They're great scramblers, so I have a little bit of worry with that. Uh, I'll just, I'll just I, I oh, go ahead, Chef. I think. I think we're pushing some of these kids out too, like that are on the board early and we get them on campus and they're not fit. So, I mean, I know one example for sure is like that. And that, I mean, that when you brought up that they're committing elsewhere immediately after taking their officials, I mean, a lot of them, I think we're pushing out that they're not culture fits and the way. I think Weatherby's the only one. I think, I, I think Weatherby is the only one who we are like, okay, thanks, but no thanks after they visited. Yeah. And I, I think, but I mean, yeah, if, if if we get the way the team has been handled around culture and 
shitheads in the team turning other people. I think we need to actually review what we're what we're bringing on campus and stuff. And I think I think we're going to do that through this year. All right. Well, I, I hope we start to see them uh, figure it out on some of these first and second options. I think that's where this staff can take a jump. Um, let, let's just get one more thing on recruiting um, because I, I think this is very fascinating. This will just be a thumbs up, thumbs down. So Mikey Pauly, I believe he is out of Blue Valley Northwest. He's already rated as a three-star quarterback. He's currently committed to Nebraska to play baseball. Uh, he's been doing camps across the region for football. I just want a, you know, basically just tell me thumbs up, thumbs down. Do you want a quarterback who also is going to be trying to play baseball at the exact same time? We're going to start with Grant. Grant, thumbs up, thumbs down on a quarterback who is also playing baseball at the collegiate level. Yeah, I have no problem with that. Didn't the greatest quarterback living on planet Earth today do that? Patrick Mahomes? He did not not play baseball in college. Jess Winston did, and he's pretty fucking good. I, I know. I so here, here's my take. I don't like also. It. Uh, I, I don't like it for this reason. I think out of any position on the football team, quarterback's the only one I don't want because come spring ball, come off season, he's also having to divide his time between the two sports. That's the only position I wouldn't want it happening at. That's why I asked the question. You're in your Tyler Murray. Oh, damn. He's really good, too. I mean, That's fine, like, but also, but also these are guys players. that also didn't play catcher. That's a whole other thing, another physically demanding thing where you can't just come and go being a catcher for the baseball team. I think he could he could translate to first base. I mean, they were, I was doing a little research on his baseball background. I think catcher is just what he prefers, but, I mean, he could probably play them there anywhere in the infield. But – if, if the kid is as talented as they say he is, I think you kind of have to put up with that. I mean, but is he that talented? He didn't have a single – he still only has one football offerance from us. That's true, too. I mean <laughs> – I mean, so so that's just my that's just my take on it. We got two thumbs up from Grant and Chef. Jimmy, thumbs up, thumbs down on Mikey Pauly playing both sports in college. I get the concerns, but I still th- – Thumbs up, all right. Uh, Cole, where are you at? Thumbs up, absolutely elite name. Um, I can't imagine how great I would feel coming on the field with our quarterback named Mikey Pauly. That just sounds amazing, so let him do Yeah, and it sounds like maybe his family's in the mob with a name like that, so you don't exactly. want to cross him. KSU Railroader, thumbs up, thumbs down, Mikey Pauly. If he if he passes the sniff test for the football team, are you fine with him doing both? Yeah, thumbs up. Worst case scenario, we get a good baseball player. We waste a scholarship. We were going to give him a walk on him. <laughs> All right, the way you put it like that, I almost sound crazy for not being for it. Uh, Bennett, where are you at with Mikey Pauly? I totally agree with Railroader. I'm really excited about the future of K-State baseball. So, like, the worst case scenario, we get a good – all right, and then Brett. Uh, I'm with you, Scott. I don't, I don't like it, and I've also seen him play a couple of games in high school, and I did not think he was as talented. That was his sophomore year, so he's probably made some improvements, but I didn't see it as a sophomore. 
Yeah, and I, I was also told, I was told this yesterday from someone uh, who actually is involved in the Blue Valley Northwest uh, Athletic Department that apparently he got his own personal quarterback coach back in November. So hopefully he's made that jump. So we'll move away from recruiting, and let's get into uh, reaction to the Phil Steele magazine. So Phil Steele magazine dropped, I think he had K-State somewhere in the mid-70s in the power rankings. And he also had us having the sixth toughest schedule. In his Big 12 projections, he had us tied with, I believe, Texas Tech and West Virginia all at the, you know, ninth, eighth, and seventh spot in the Big 12 just ahead of KU. He doesn't rank any of our uh, units especially high. I think we only had three or four units make his top 50. I think it was quarterback, running back, and special teams. Um, Phil still not high on the cats at all. Let's get to Grant first because Grant, you firsthand got to experience what Chris Kleiman thinks of Phil Steele. Um, what do you think of Phil <laughs> Steele and how he's uh, how he's projecting out the cats this year? Ah oh, man, Chris Kleiman did hate Phil Steele. Um, <laughs> that makes me chuckle. But I, I don't know. I mean, it's I guess it's somewhat understandable. Phil Steele is kind of like he does this broad shit you know, all the way across college football, is that correct? Kind of um, makes judgments in every uh, conference on every team and kind of picks it out per, uh, preseason. So I just feel like it's easy probably for him to look at a team like K-State that's coming off a four and six season. And, you know, we, we're we not super strong in a lot of our units and a lot of our units are kind of unknowns. So, I mean, I don't think it's totally crazy. Um, but also, you know, guys like us who follow K-State every single day and know every single detail about um, the program, of course we're going to take slight to that. And we have, you know, our purple rose-colored glasses on. So it's kind of like I, I kind of understand it. Um, I don't hold Phil Steele's um, opinion to be – uh, all that's important to me, to be completely honest. So that kind of rolls off of my back. All right. So let's get down to Bennett. We'll go to Bennett first on this one. What do you think of Phil Steele? Not very bullish on any part of K-State's team. I think the highest ranking he had us with special teams at 19 um, had us in the 70s. If, if I uh, recall what I heard correctly, he has Nevada as a top 20 team. Um, what's your reaction to all that? Are, 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 are we like looking at a 10 point loss in Nevada or do you think Phil steals off? Um, I'm not really shook by his rankings. Um, I don't like being highly ranked. I'm a little superstitious, so I don't like all the fame and we've gotten a lot of love from PFF this off season. So we've gotten our fair share, um, him ranking Nevada in the top 20 kind of scares me. I did not know that. Um, I think that game is going to be tougher than many people think. And I don't think, I don't, I don't know. That's a little. Yeah. I, in having the sixth toughest schedule, according to Phil Steele, we'll get up to Cole on that. What, what are you thinking? I think you were the one wanting a pulse check and we'll do that as our uh, exit question tonight. Uh, sixth toughest schedule in being, you know, in the mid seventies in his power rankings. What was your reaction when that started trickling out? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not necessarily concerned about it. Um, I mean, this guy reviews how many college football teams, and we're the ones He's pretty that well respected, though, guys. Uh, not by me, though. <laughs> Good no, point. That's fair. Uh, That's fair. But I mean, we're the ones that are really looking at our team under a microscope, and he's probably really looking service level. Um, you know, how many games in a row do we lose to end the season last year? Coming into this year, not very much momentum. So he's just probably just looking at it that short, shallow surface level. Um, but personally, I'm feeling good about this year, so I'm not too worried about what he said. So are you worried at all about how tough he thinks our schedule is? One of the six toughest schedules in the uh, entire college football. I would say my biggest worry is um, is the Nevada game. Honestly, I think that's a game that we could definitely lose. Um, but beyond that, I'm not too concerned. I mean, it's the same Big 12 we've faced the last few years. You know, you got OU, then a few other scrappy teams. Um, so, I mean, we just string together a few good wins and we're right there in the Big 12 conversation. Definitely. We'll go up to Jimmy. Jimmy, are you a Phil Steele believer? Um, I, I would imagine that maybe it's not the exact, but I would guess some of those advanced analytics you like probably would be painting a similar picture. Um, what's your heart telling you with all this Phil Steele news? Um I'm not surprised by Phil Steele's stuff because I think I think a lot of his is I mean he he's he doesn't really have a power ranking computer system. Um I think he does it all he probably still does it all by hand. I'm sure he might have he might use a computer to tabulate stuff, but you know, he's pretty old school. I think he he's always approached it more like a betting analyst than a than a computer analyst type system. So I think He's prone to being way wrong at times, but um, you know, here, here's what I look at. You, you mentioned the analytics. I mean, we finished number seventy in Bill Conley's system last year. We finished number fifty sixty four in uh, Brian Fremont's system last year. Our preseason pick in February in Bill Conley's system was sixty three. So seventy three, I think, was Phil's mark is not off even compared to those. I will say, uh, if Phil Steele had Nevada in the top 20, Connolly's system has Nevada at 74 in the preseason going into next year. So, he, I mean, he could be pretty off on that one. But I don't think it's anything to be alarmed about. I mean, we had the, – the thing you had to look at is our defense was ninth in the Big 12. But only KU was worse last year in, in most analytics. So, I think that's the thing that most of those people are looking at. We're – and I think, as others have said, we we follow K-State every day, so we see all these new guys and have faith that they're going to be better, a lot better. Um, but that's going to be really the rub to me is if the defense can improve because they can't be ninth in the league again and this team be be better than 70. All right, we'll, we'll go down to Brett. Brett, have you ever been a Phil Steele guy? What's your take on that? And where do you, where do you think uh, Nevada is? Do you think it's you know closer to top 20 like Phil has it? Are you rocking with Jimmy and the computer saying that they're, you know, in the 70s and we're going to beat them? I'm not a Phil Steele guy at all. I think it's a lot. Uh, but I kind of like the underdog. That case, I mean, K-State kind of thrives in that. And I think Nevada is somewhere in the middle between 20 and 70-ish. 
I think they're probably around 50, 40. I think they're a good team, and I think it'll be the toughest game K-State has all year. Not all the toughest year? Team, not the toughest team, but the toughest game where it's slated. You know, I there, there might be something to that third game right before you're staring down the barrel of conference play. I I don't think that I don't think that that's that crazy. We'll go railroader and then we'll end with chef railroader. You seem you seem like you're a guy who hates Phil Steele and always has been. Uh, what what do you think of him putting us at seventy three? And uh, what are your thoughts on that Nevada game? I, I've been I've been thinking, hey, that might be tough, but I, I'm thinking we're going to get the win. Uh, what's your head on that game? I mean, I haven't always been against Phil Still, but I, I do think he's wrong this year. I mean, he he, he go he's going off, obviously like everybody else said off of what we did last year and what what we had coming back. But we brought in enough you know pieces to the puzzle that I I think we'll be pretty good this next year. Um, as far as Nevada goes, I think we'll be. Oh, I man, I, I'm gonna need you to. Uh... Give me a pep talk before the game because I bet by the time that game comes around, I'll be getting nervous. We're going to end the Phil Steele-specific stuff with Chef. Chef, first off, I don't like how cozy you two are getting. You and Grant are getting in the chat. I always thought I was your favorite, but I guess that's wrong. Uh, where, what's your take on Phil Steele? Do you think that he should just go bankrupt and stop putting out his magazine if he's going to be putting out stuff like Cats at 73? I love Grant. Grant knows I love him. He loves me. I'm not going to accept any any other other way. But I would be a liar if I wasn't in 2012 buying a Phil Still magazine in the grocery store on a whim trying to see what he was saying. So, I mean, I've kind of always heard the name Phil Still and thought it's synonymous with, oh, he knows how to pick college football teams. But, I mean, Nevada in the top 25, that's kind of crazy. And, like, like everybody was saying, we do follow K-State. We follow the Big 12. We kind of know exactly. I mean, you guys are not – I mean, you and Grant are usually not that fucking far off on exactly how the Big 12 usually lays out. So, I mean, if we think that we we got a pretty decent team that's going to be better than four and six, which I think where he ranks them would be having us near a record that's somewhere around there, I think I think we should know that we follow them religiously and I think Nevada being in the top 25 is kind of crazy. And if, if they are that good, we're in a world of hurt, especially if we don't get hot with the Stanford game. Cause because Buffalo is going to be a weird game too, especially cause we're looking so hard at Stanford in a neutral site that will we even prepare for Buffalo, which is, um, it, it gets me nervous thinking about stuff like this. No, no Buffalo this year. That was last year. Southern oh, okay. Illinois, who I, who I think I don't know Phil. I, I think it's Phil Sill also had had Southern Illinois as the number nine FCS team. So I think that's really why yeah. he has us having the sixth toughest schedule in the country. We'll do one more roundtable in, in this realm before we talk some NIL and have some fun with that. Um, I, I just want everyone to say on a neutral field. So say they're playing at Bowen Glaze Stadium in Southwest Topeka on the campus of Washburn Rule in front of no fans. <laughs> Who wins in a matchup, Stanford or Nevada? We'll go to Grant first. I don't know anything about Nevada, um, but people seem to be a little worried about him, particularly Phil Steele. has uh, He's very bullish on Nevada. So I'm going to – I'm going – 
I'm still going to say Stanford. I, I mean, whatever. Fuck Nevada. All right. I like it. Jimmy, Bone Glaze Stadium, Topeka, Kansas, in front of no fans. Who wins, Nevada or Stanford? I think I think it's a close game. I'd Probably a toss-up type game. Um, but I would say Stanford probably wins. Okay, Cole. Cole, where are you at, my friend? Yeah, also, I don't really know much about either of these teams, but just going with my gut feeling, it's telling me to say no. All right. Chef, Chef, the Wolfpack or the Cardinal? I'm going to say if it's on that field that you were talking about, that's a pretty thick grass. So I'm going to say that's turf. Thick. Oh, well, shit. Well, then I'm going to Nevada. <laughs> if, had, if, if we were going grass, I think that, that ground and pound of Stanford would, would do Nevada in, but – when you're spreading them out on that turf, it doesn't matter. It, it also used to have the biggest crown in high school football in Kansas. Oh, my God. Did it really? I, I thought, you, man. you could stand on the sidelines and not see the feet of the opponents. <laughs> <laughs> see, I didn't, I, again, it's probably because I was playing there every week. I didn't really notice. I always thought Emporia was bad. Emporia is the one that went uh, east-west instead of north-south, right? At the, at the college? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, hated that. Okay. Railroader, you said we're going to beat Nevada by 20, so I'm assuming you'd think Stanford would beat them on a neutral field. Yeah, Stanford to win. Okay, field goal late. Bennett, where's your head at? Nevada or Stanford? Which one do you think would win on a neutral field? Nevada. And then we'll end that with Brett before we have some fun with NIL. Yeah, I got Nevada too. Okay, perfect. So this wasn't directly with the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said that colleges don't have to cap what they can give students in an academic realm. So now you can be giving athletes free Apple laptops and all that type of stuff. So I think how some laymans were uh, interpreting the Supreme Court ruling was a little off. But the NCAA did come out, I think, yesterday saying that on July 1, Either schools can come up with their own NIL regulations or go by the state's regulation. Kansas does not have any regulations that went through. I wish Michael Murray was on tonight so he could walk us through all the stuff that went into that at the state house. But we don't really know how K-State's regulations are going to be. So we basically are just going to have fun with this. So name, image, likeness. Basically, they can sponsor stuff. I'm going to, when I find out the rules, I'm going to try to get Skylar Thompson wearing a Cats by 90 t-shirt at a press conference and pay him for it. I can't pay a lot, but I'm going to see if I can make that happen. Let's just have a little bit of fun with it before we maybe talk about it a little bit more in depth. Give me one football or basketball player and something you would like to see them sponsor during this football or basketball season. I said I want Skylar Thompson rocking a Cats by 90 t-shirt. Hit our swag shop if you want to get one yourself before Skylar's wearing it. Let's start off with Casey Railroader. Casey Railroader, who is a player that you would like to see sponsoring something? What do you think would be funny to see some guy trying to sponsor this year? I mean, I'd like to see somebody go up there with the Bosco's Boys koozie on their wall. See, I, I like where your head's at right there. Uh, let, let's go to Grant. Grant, you're a funny one. You're the creative one. What is something you'd like to see someone with K-State marketing when name, image, likeness goes into play? First of all, I mean, if you're going to get Skyler to wear some of our merch, you could just I think you got to just go straight up Bosco's boys and, and get our logo out there. But 
Um, I mean, I sure, but the Cats by Ninety shirt is slick. It's like an actual shirt that, yeah, I do like it. Um, I'm thinking Casey Eziagu with the. Gee, I mean, he would. I mean, he could pole vault if he was taking blue chew sledgehammer. <laughs> Cole, who who do you want? Who do you want to see? Uh, what, what sort of sponsorship deals do you want to see going to play with name, image, likeness with the Cats? Yeah, uh, I'm thinking I'd love to see my guy Stubblefield with a Pornhub porn sponsorship out there <laughs> on the field. Oh my. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, bring us back from this. We had Bluetooth and Pornhub. What, what do you want to see? What do you want to see? I, I, I'm going to say Deuce Vaughn in a Darius Fast line. Oh, th- that would be great. And then, like, carrying up one of those, like, 44-ounce cups up to the podium with them. Yes, and, and something about how Darius is better than Q. Oh, <laughs> that would be great. And, I mean, Quick Trip just loves going at Manhattan, Kansas on – uh, on Twitter, so we'll go to we'll go to Brett. Brett, what do you want to see in this name, image, likeness world? Uh, what do you want to see one of the cats sporting? Uh, I want to see Cooper Beebe and like a Buffalo Wings or a food shirt. Oh man, Cooper, yeah. Oh, that's a great one. Buffalo that's a, Wild that's Wings. a long. That's along the lines of mine. Uh, okay, what's your chef? I I was gonna go if we could just get the whole offensive line always do group interviews and they always have five guys burgers everywhere. Just like they are the five guys. That's great. That is great. I Manhattan has a five guys. So if, if the local like manager owner of that franchise of that five guys doesn't get on that, that's great. You should be that. That should be a marketing thing. We'll go uh, Bennett. And I think Brett, I, I don't think I've gotten Brett on this one. We'll go Bennett and then Brett. I like to. I think Briggs Automotives is really going to get involved. I'd love to see like Nigel Pack pull up in a purple Jeep or purple truck or something like that. I don't know. You know how like uh, Booker's been showing up in those fancy cars. I'd like to see Nigel Pack pull up in some Briggs Automobile. That that would be nice. That would be nice. And then Brett, what what's something you'd like to see? I already have BB. Oh yep yep. Okay so. Here, here. Let, let's get a little bit more serious with this. What sort of impact do you guys think name, image, likeness is going to have on college athletics? I was listening to an interview on eight ten. I think Seren Petro had on. I think Dennis Dodd, Grant's favorite person in the entire world, um, and Dennis said that two years from now, this isn't even going to be something that fans or anyone hardly talks about. It's kind of like the cost of living uh check that player athletes started getting and you know at first it's like okay how, how much bigger is the check going to be for someone living in austin versus manhattan kansas i remember that was a big deal for about six months now i never even think about it so what do you think name image likeness is truly going to have impact wise on let's just keep it on the two big sports for case for basketball and football uh grant we'll start with you do you think it's going to have any real impact, or do you think it's just going to be, you know, a hot topic for a couple of years, and then it's just like, oh, cool, there's there's Deuce Vaughn doing a radio spot for K-Man? Uh, surprise, surprise, I disagree with Dennis Dodd on this. I mean, I I don't think – this is a little bit bigger deal than the, like, cost of living check. Um, and I also think it's going to be something that's going to be, like, evolving all the time. Um, 
because it's it's such a complex and probably convoluted uh wide ranging issue that is gonna probably run into problems over and over again and they're gonna have to be like I said evolving it oh all the time and there's I mean you kind of mentioned it there's no doubt about it that there are going to be different levels to this like and even within you know, like um your own team Deuce Vaughn is going to have more opportunities than other players on his own team how's that going to affect morale of specific teams uh within their own bubbles and then there's going to be you know stars um for Alabama that are going to be able to benefit from this tenfold compared to you know some of our players or uh, uh some KU or Iowa State player so I mean I, I think it's going to be a really I think good you're awesome. it's going to it's going to change the face of college athletics and basketball and football I don't think it's necessarily going to be a bad thing. I just think it's going to be something that's very difficult to navigate at first. And, you know, maybe in five years or so, they'll kind of have it figured out. But it does seem like a pretty big deal to me. I I, I don't know a lot about it, so I could be kind of dancing around all the wrong issues. But I think it's a pretty big deal. Jeff, were you trying to get in there? Oh, no, I'm just the, – the points he's making. I mean, I didn't even think about the team morale aspect of it with uh, one player getting more opportunities than another player. And big-time programs, like I know here in Ohio, 97 won the fan, they talk about the NIL, and we don't even have the bill passed in Ohio yet. And, I mean, people are lining up ready to go to just get these kids money and opportunities. But – like Grant was saying, with teams like Alabama, they they're recruiting a five star kid, and he was the number two quarterback in the country. And does he stick around longer at Alabama now that he has opportunities to get paid by a, a car dealership there, or does it does it push him to the transfer portal faster if he's not getting the opportunities that he was that he thought he was going to get at Alabama? Say, yeah, it, it is going to be interesting. Uh, Brett, what do you think is going to come of this name, image, likeness? Um, do you think it's going to be, you know, something that we talk about? Is is this going to be like the new hot topic from now until the end of the NCAA? <laughs> I think it's going to always be evolving. I think the ways that the players are going to make money is always going to be changing. But I think that the players aren't going to make as much money as people think, just because I think people have to. Re- remember that they're student athletes at the same time, like they are going to have class and they're going to have other responsibilities out with the team. And I just think that there's not going to be as many opportunities due to time commitments as people think. Yeah. We'll go to Cole. Cole, what do you think it's going to be? You were recently a student. Uh, Do you think that all these campuses, all these local places are going to just be, shelling out money, hey, shot night with uh, Skylar Thompson at Kites. Uh, do you think that this is going to be overblown, or do you think, hey, now it's the wild, wild west, let's see what happens? Yeah, I don't know. I think there's a lot of gray area when it comes to what is and what isn't okay. But, I mean, if I'm a bar owner in Manhattan, Kansas, first thing I'm doing is calling up the football team and saying, hey, you know, free beers this night, bring your boys uh, you know, and then bring some girls or whatever. Um, but honestly, I don't really know. I think it's kind of unpredictable. 
uncharted waters here. I'm interested to see how it'll play out, but really, I don't really care how it plays out. I just hope K-State kind of takes advantage of it and empowers our players to do whatever's the best for them. And most of all, whatever gets me an NCAA video game back, do. That's yeah, I true. Think, I think. I think for that to happen, EA said that there would need to be some sort of collective bargaining. I would just say, hey, just tell each guy you're going to give them a free if, – if we can use your license, we'll, we'll give you a free game. Like, I think that should – I think it should be that easy. But, I, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Hopefully that's on its way. Hey, Scott, on uh, yes. the, the NIL thing, I mean – a question I got is, is this going to create opportunity like for more staff for like um, helping these kids with, I mean, they're going to have to pay taxes on all this stuff. Right. I mean, is a 17 year old or 18 year old prepared to even do like, I don't Do they, how do they have that backed up? Like if I get so-and-so are they taxing this stuff? I don't, I just don't understand how any of that really works. That's actually something Gene mentioned and asked the AD um, that they would have, you know, like a staff and a system to help these players and kids like navigate it. Well, and then also we signed a partnership deal with a group that spe- like specializes in helping uh, influencers basically monetize their social media. So we already signed that deal. Um, so I, I, I think that K-State is – preparing to help kids maximize it from a social media perspective. Um, I think to chime in on this, I think it's Bennett, Casey Railroader, and then we'll end with Jimmy. Bennett, what, what is your take on NIL? Is this going to create a bigger divide between the haves and have-nots, or do you think that a school like K-State could maybe use this to its advantage? Take Jared Kanak, for example. Hey, think of all the extra marketing and – imaging and possible upside you could have staying at home at K-State where you would just be another cog in the Clemson machine. Do you think we'll be able to use that maybe as a way to finally get some of these big Kansas kids to stay home? Um, I think, well, K-State's already taken um, precautions and um, you mentioned it. They have signed a deal with Open Doors, the largest company to represent athletes and now student athletes. Um, my big thing is the possibilities are endless. Um, I think the big thing is going to be social media, mainly, um, you're going to laugh at me, but TikTok and YouTube, um, Jaron Kanick is blowing up on TikTok. Um, and there's other recruits that are blowing up on TikTok. I see on my for you page and I think they are getting the gist of TikTok. That's just one example of how to blow up on there and they're going to make a ton of money um, through those platforms where they can sign up for creator funds or stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, you scroll through the spot or your Twitter feed, Instagram feed, you see those sponsorships. I think it's going to be more and more, um, frequent seeing athletes, college athletes on there. So I'm pretty excited for it and I think it's going to last longer than Perfect. Railroader, what's your take on NIL? Will K-State be able to carve its niche out, or is this just going to be, hey, kids are getting paid, but it's not really going to change the landscape of college sports? I don't think it'll change much. I think you'll see – I think it'll actually affect basketball maybe a little bit more because 
you know, you could get somebody like a Michael Beasley to come to K-State and say, hey, you're going to get every deal that we have for, like, the university. I mean, Briggs Auto is going to want you. Johnny Cause is going to want you. Kites is going to want you. Everybody's going to want you. You know, versus if you go to KU, you know, you're going to be sharing a spotlight with two other, you know, two other guys. So I, I think it could help more than it hurts for basketball. As far as football goes, I don't think it'll change anything because there's so many people with everything. It might get, you know, a university like K-State to get one more guy that they wouldn't normally get. But I think in the grand scheme of things, it won't change. All right, and we're going to end this one with Jimmy. Jimmy, uh, you're, you always seem to have your hand on the pulse of things. What was your initial reaction when it became evident, like, all right, name image likeness is going to become a thing? Um, were you on board with it? Did you think it was going to fundamentally change college athletics? And, uh, you know, we don't know any of the exact legislation. We don't know what it's going to look like for K-State, but what are your kind of hopes and dreams on a positive uh, spin on it? What, what would you like to see happen to see K-State maybe use this as an advantage? Yeah, first, my initial reaction is probably not optimistic that I think it does create a bigger divide. I mean, I'll go back and forth here, but I think it does create a bigger divide because if you're in a community that has bigger businesses and more businesses, um, you probably are going to have more opportunities to get more players' money. I mean, because who's going to get money? Your quarterback, your best running back, your receiver – maybe a really good tight end, maybe a couple of good defensive players. I mean, I, I agree that there's limited money. I don't think the money is as much as people think, and it's going to be funneled to not a ton of players, two or three basketball players and eight to ten football players. Um, but I do think the, the positive a town like K-State or like Manhattan has is that K-State football and basketball are the events. In a city, you're gonna you're gonna have pro. You have all this stuff, other stuff going on. So some of these smaller businesses or bigger businesses in, in these college towns may be more prone to paying these kids to do something. Uh, the key the the key issue is going to become. I mean, how much does Briggs want to pay Skylar Thompson to to hawk a car, or how much does Kites want to pay Nigel Pack to hawk a their bar? So. That money seems limited. Then it's going to come to this booster says, hey, here's $1,000 that I'll pay the Briggs to pay the player. So those kind of issues are going to happen. Um, I, I do think it's fair. I, I think it's the right thing for these kids to do. But I think if college sports becomes more like pro sports, it's not going to be good for K-State. And I hope I hope we can make it work. I think I hope we work hard to make it work as best we can. I think long-term it's not necessarily the best thing for a school like K-State, the smaller schools in smaller towns. Yeah, so I think ultimately I I think it's always going to be around. I, I, I still think that you might see some craziness from the start, and I think maybe your top handful of guys in football might have some actual sponsorship deals that are actually, you know, game-changing above, you know, a few hundred, a couple thousand here or there. Um, I, I, I think that it'll be wild early on. I think eventually, I actually agree with Dennis Dodd, Grant's favorite guy. I think eventually you'll only see a handful of folks who really are marketable enough because at the end of the day, these boosters, these companies, they're not going to, you know, part with their money and have them, you know, put their face on a car dealership if the kid then is going out getting a DUI. Uh, at the end of the day, these are 18 to 22 year old kids. 
how much is the, their value really going to be in a sponsorship? Also, what if the kid sucks? Can they fire him midseason and get someone else? I mean, yeah, exactly. there's a lot of dynamics in place that I don't think these kids have even thought. No, and, and honestly, I, 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 st- I think it's – at the end of the day, I think we're going to see it be wild for a while. I think it's going to end up cooling off. And know what's wild? Open Door actually did a – oh, gosh, the chat is just going crazy. Um, but – Open Door did a study of all the players who were in the Sweet 16 and beyond in men's and women's basketball. The like I think it was 20 of the top 25 athletes who could monetize their social media following were women's basketball players, not the men. I think something no one is paying attention about, it will be the women athletes who have created this Instagram and Twitter and TikTok following, which is much more prevalent than the guys on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all that type of stuff that actually are going to, I think at the beginning, really start to monetize this. And I think it'll be their male counterparts who see, oh, wow, I need to step my social media game up. I need to develop a following. I need to develop a brand because that I think the CEO went on again on, in 810 and was talking about that during the basketball tournament. Again, it's not going to be the end-all, be-all, but I think that that is something that is being completely ignored by the masses. I actually think that that is just your basic Twitter, Instagram influencer stuff. I see it all the time on my Instagram feed. If you're an influencer, you have three or four brands, and you're doing a couple posts, that's thousands upon thousands of dollars. That's where the money's going to be for a lot of these folks, not bars, not car dealerships. At least that's my two cents. Um, Our wrap-up question is going to be, as we're here at the end of June, we're going to do just a pulse check on what your takes is with K-State football going into the 2021 season. And we'll just also throw in recruiting as well, because that was such a big, uh, just a big thing at the beginning of the show. So just give me, Pulse check, how are you feeling with football 2021 season and then football recruiting as a whole? We're going to go from Brett up to Grant. So we'll go Brent, Brett, Bennett, Casey Railroader, Chef, Cole, Jimmy, then Grant. So, Brett, give me your pulse check. Give me how you're currently feeling about 80 days out from football season starting for the 2021 season. Just give me a recruiting as a whole. Where are you, hot or cold? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty confident. I think that the football team is going to start off with a bang in Jerry World, and we're going to go from there. But I think it's definitely a bowl team and a team that has some talent, and it's going to catch some people by surprise. And for recruiting, I don't know how to feel. I mean, it's kind of up and down, but right now I'm feeling good, and hopefully we can keep this wave going. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us tonight, Brett Bennett. Temperature check, pulse check. Give it to me. Temperature's hot. I'm ready. I'm. Is it August or September yet? Um, ready to be back on campus and ready to get down to Dallas. And you know, I think uh, the good chef was right. Um, July is going to be a great month for. I love it. I love it. I hope we see a bunch of guys roll in after those visits. Casey Railroader, the anonymous man. On the road, give me your pulse check with it comes to the 2021 season and recruiting. Nothing but positive. I think Skyler wills us to 10 wins this year. And we... 
Oh, man. I, uh, Railroader, I think he might be winning my MVP of the night, Chef. Mm, damn, that's hot. Oh, man, me and Bennett, two hot boys, feeling hot about the season. We're going to, I mean, Railroader's got me hype again. I was feeling a little down with Feel Still. Now I'm back up. Give me nine wins. We're going to flip Crawford. We're going to get Kanak. We're going hard this year. Let's go. Go. All right, Chef. Cole, you're the one who wanted the pulse check. Tell me where you're at. Yeah, I'm feeling dangerously optimistic. Um, my prediction for the year is that we'll be playing not one, but two Bosco boys tailgates in Arlington this year. Whoa, Cole coming in hot. Jimmy, bring, bring, bring them down. Bring a little dose of reality. I, I feel like it's almost getting a little too optimistic. Well, well, first, I, I'm starting to think Chef might be sponsored by Blue Chew himself. But that's a whole other. <laughs> I love it. I, he might be. Chef, Chef, how many Blue Chew tablets you pop? Grant's a two-tablet guy. I'm a, I'm a two-tablet guy myself. I might crack one in half and go with a two-and-a-half day if I'm feeling real strong. <laughs> Honestly, if, if you're feeling if, strong, you probably only need half a tablet. But if but if Ben well, – you got to go stronger. You got to get, get harder. You got to get stronger. You got to get that eight-inch <laughs> wrist action. <laughs> oh, boy. This has probably been the horniest live show we've ever done. And anyway, football, I feel – I think just having a quarterback and some pretty good offensive pieces is big. It's going to be about the defense. I think eight wins to nine wins. And I, the, the couple of recruits this week and the another transfer pickup in the past week or so has been more positive. I think recruiting is going to end up solid, maybe 35 to 45, which I think would be a solid recruiting class. Oh, my. I That would be an all-time classic, case if we could get to 35. So, I'm hoping that's true. Grant, uh, it's been one of the horniest episodes. Um, It's been a wild one. Give me your pulse check where we're currently at when it comes to recruiting and the 2021 season. Then we're going to let our MVP talk, and then we're ending it. Oh, Chef. Fucking idiot. Um, Love you, bud. Pulse check on the season. I kind of feel the same, maybe a little bit better. Um, I like how we've rounded off the transfers. I feel a lot better about uh, certain depth pieces. And, you know, originally I kind of agree with Jimmy. thought this could be an 8-9 uh, win season um, with potential to sneak a 10 and, of course, drop down to 7, kind of like um, similar to Kleiman's first year. But I feel better about it. I'm, I, the closer we get, the more blindly and drunkly optimistic I get. Um, having Skyler back, seeing all the dudes hype, um, it's fun. I'm excited. And uh, recruiting, I disagree with Jimmy, but I don't really think it's going to be at the – after it's all said and done, I think it's going to be like a fairly average K-State class. I kind of would put us at 50 to 55 is where I think we'll end up. If we end up 30 to 45, I mean, that's a damn good class. And, look, there's plenty of time left for us to round this class off. And Jimmy says probably more like 45. That'd I would take 45, 45 right now. A, perfectly fine class for us and that's good enough for us to be you know if we have 45 every year you can coach that talent up to be in arlington so um that's kind of where i stand let's end it on the mvp whoever that is yep casey railroader is getting my mvp of the night casey railroader the traveling man uh you have the final word tonight tell anyone listening anything you want 
All right, so what's going to happen is we're going to get 10 wins when we're securing our last win with our bid to Arlington. Willie's going to get on the on top of the press box, do KSU, the place is going to go wild. Um, but before that, we are going to flip Caden Crawford, like I said. Everything's going to be great. Um, Bosco's voice is awesome. And meet Grant. Hey, there we go, everyone. Enjoy the Q&A episode on Monday. Next Thursday, join us on Green Room. And I'm going to ask the Boneheads my favorite questions of the week. We love you guys. And let's have a week. Let's have a good weekend. Podcast Network.